Do you ever feel like your relationship is on Groundhog Day, playing out the same patterns over and over again? Today we're unpacking signs, thoughts and feelings that your relationship is stuck and we're bringing to the table ideas for how you and your partner can begin to get unstuck and start moving in the direction you really want to go together. Hey, we're Kim and Rog, and we're here to show couples how to get the best out of their relationship so they can start living their dream life together. We're a West Aussie couple who are living the life of our dreams. We don't entertain the word should, we think about the future as a field of possibilities, and we let joy be our compass. We've taken the simple idea of working as a team and applied it to our marriage, and it's been a game changer, allowing us to work out what truly lights us up in life and to go after it together. From living in snowy Japan to starting our own house flipping business, we've achieved some big dreams. And most importantly, we feel fulfilled and are having the most fun we've ever had. Hear conversations from inspiring couples, thoughts from relationship experts, and tales from our own lives, as we help you to gain the wisdom and skills you'll need to turn your relationship into a real team. These are relationship conversations for real people, by real people. So sit back, get comfy in whatever tickles you pickle, and enjoy living the team life. Okay, so we're talking today about is your relationship feeling stuck? And I think a lot of people will be wondering what does that mean, is is a relationship stuck? And what we're going to talk about is something that I think a lot of couples experience, we certainly have in the past, which is that sense of your relationship being on autopilot. And, And what that means is that the relationship kind of feels like it's driving itself. It's not being driven by you. The, you. You're not taking the lead in it. You're not being as deliberate in it as you might like to be, not as intentional or conscious or aware, all of these sorts of words. Uh, we've definitely experienced that in the past and I think it's something that can be it can be very detrimental to a relationship. So, So we're wanting to unpack that a little bit and, of course, look at how – the working together as a team, which is a huge part of, of what we believe in and, and what we've experienced a lot of success in our own relationship with, how working together as a team can help you to get unstuck. Yeah, um, a recent analysis has showed that uh, divorce rates are at their highest in 10 years and perhaps that's no big surprise uh, given we're just coming out of COVID and you know, COVID was definitely one of those things that shook up the norm. And anytime there's a big change or shake up in the norm, either in a, I guess, a macro global environment or even in within your own little microcosm of a world, you, you know, it does change the way you feel about things or it does maybe shine a greater light on it. I, I think it's the light when you think about what COVID did. I mean, it's the light first and then the feelings might shift, right? Because they might become a bit more clear. So when I think about, the stats that you're talking about that divorce went through the roof in COVID, one of the theories that seems logical to me is that people are all of a sudden pushed together for a more concentrated period of time and forced to look at how how their relationship is actually going and, and experience those feelings of, you know, am I enjoying this? Is this actually what I want? And start to ask those questions. And I think when they start to look at things sometimes it might not be exactly what they're wanting wanting out of life really and I think COVID might have provided that environment where people were somewhat forced because we're very good as humans at distracting ourselves. 
Yeah, and also, you know, when you're, it's like when you're going for a run, if you stop halfway through, you start to actually really notice those aches and pains and starting <laughs> against pretty hard. Um, yeah. While, you know, you might not always notice that while you're running, you're not as mindful of it. Um, so I guess let's really go ahead and unpack what stuck being stuck in a relationship means. Yeah, absolutely, because I think the the whole point of looking at this is trying to get out in front of these issues, right? So rather than getting to the point where what we're talking about, you reach divorce, which is which is a crisis point. Uh, let's see if you can sh- shake things up and get unstuck in your relationship now, if that is how you're feeling. So so yeah, let's pa- unpack what being stuck actually means. Uh, and the first um, clue I would give to people that they might be stuck in a relationship is a sense of being stuck on loop. So that means that behaviours in the relationship conversations in the relationship especially fights take the same course of action over and over again so you feel like you're stuck on a loop well it's groundhog day it's groundhog you day. know you're yep. waking up and um sunny and Cher's playing on the radio and oh so that was the movie um <laughs> <laughs> but you know but i 100 understand what you're saying is that it seems like nothing's changing but you're not happy or you're not content or something's not right mm. and as a result then that sort of uh, helplessness comes across so you know that you you are having the same conversations the mm. fights seem to center around the same key issues and and sometimes this can be on a year-to-year basis not just a week-to-week or month-to-month basis and you know you know, you're not really doing anything. You don't have anything, I guess, within sight that help. There's no end in sight to it. Well, I guess the end would be, you know, what we talk about in terms of having a deliberate dream or goal or purpose, all of these things that are really important in giving you direction. And you're right. And we experienced this when we lived um, close to here for about six years in the same apartment and, that six years when I look back on it is really a blur of time in a lot of ways. Uh, This was a while ago. So this was almost a decade ago now. uh, Yeah. We're we're focusing on the first decade of a relationship here, which is, which is massive juxtaposition to the The last 10 years where we're living the team life. Absolutely. This is when we weren't living the team life. We were not. And we managed to live for six years in this one home Really, it was Groundhog Day. I feel like we had the same fights, conversations, uh, sense of frustration with one another, disillusionment. We ha- we loved each other, but we were very – well, I was, and I think you were as well – we were a bit confused about how you can continue this way. What was the purpose of it all? And you do ask those bigger questions. What, what, what is the purpose of all this? Oh, look, when I was in my 20s, I literally didn't know my ass from my elbow. Well, no, at the time, I thought I did, of <laughs> yeah. course. You know, and, you know, while we were quite um, maybe objectively successful uh, in terms of what we achieved with finishing our degrees, getting new jobs, um, you know, living in an apartment in a, in a nice suburb, all the things that should go tick, 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 that's success. Ha- well, congratulations, guys. There was a massive, um, there was emptiness there mm. and we were also living very siloed lives. We're very mm. much, it's not like we were like, oh, I don't give a stuff about you, but it was very much like I'm the most important person here. I've got goals and dreams and hopes. I'm, I'm going to focus on them and we're going to live and love together. 
and it just wasn't enough really. I think you're right and I think when I think about it, those loops that we're talking about that kept playing over and over, the more they play over and over, the more you actually veer towards the silo because you find that the couple isn't, like the team wasn't there, it wasn't giving us what we wanted out of it and so our response was to try and get what we felt like we needed and wanted out of the individual life and that's and that's how you head down the 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 silo path so thinking about that i guess uh there was certainly some feelings that were pretty common that might help help people if we sort of unpack a little bit what we were feeling because these are the things you might start to notice if, yeah if you're feeling stuck. the routine everything became mundane and i felt that things that should taste sweeter like you know going out to a nice dinner together mm. just was a bit bland and it, and, it, and it shouldn't be you know um the conversations we had didn't didn't inspire or no. you know didn't fill us with any excitement and you know as a result you no longer really get that excited being around or seeing the person and so in the end you i guess take them for granted and that can lead to frustration and misunderstanding from both parties i think i think you're absolutely right the loss of excitement was a real and i think because we were in our 20s that was a real struggle because you are still working out what it means to be in a long-term relationship and i will just caveat this with the fact that feelings shift when you when you start to well chemical reactions shift when you meet someone you get a hit of the chemicals that are around excitement and and adrenaline and all of those dopamine dopamine hits and that but once you've been together for a longer period of time the chemical release is actually around bonding so the oxytocin and the vasopressin for For men. men and i think that shouldn't that that shifting chemicals is not what we're talking about but it is something you need to hold in your awareness because you are going to feel less excited <laughs> to see the person so feeling less excited is natural it is natural but that doesn't mean that it'll give you the outcome that you want and it doesn't mean that oh i'm not happy in this relationship must be my hormones or must be the chemicals no right? and i think it what all we're saying is Keep that in your awareness because you have to find um, ways to get excited together again and you actually have to be more deliberate about bringing excitement into the relationship because it isn't naturally there like it is at the beginning. So some of the things you might be feeling are obviously lack of excitement. Also, I think um, a big one that shows up when you're stuck in a relationship, so stuck in these loops, is uh, frustration with your partner and and a general sense of misunderstanding this curiosity which is a frustrated curiosity why are they doing these things you you haven't got on the same page you haven't talked about what matters to the two of you and so you start wondering when you watch them make decisions about how they're going to do things and why they're going to do things and you think why have they made that decision and it can lead to again a sense of detachment from the person or well, a sense of detachment or which is what, and then what a lot of women feel um, is, am I invisible? And, and again, far from it to talk on behalf of women, but because I'm <laughs> such a great listener, um, I, I often uh, remember you saying is like, you know, do, do you, does he see me? 
you know, you, when you were talking about in the past, does he see me? Am I just invisible to him? Because my actions weren't around, hey, I'm going to um, support and take care of you. My actions were, uh, I'm going to do things that are aligned with my purpose and my goals. Um, and yeah, great. It's great you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. And when I think about it, obviously, with a little bit more perspective, I realise, you know, none of this is done in malice. You weren't being malicious towards me and I think it's something that's important to recognise. We get into some difficult patterns in relationships and some challenges which is something that we're passionate about talking about to help people to move into, you know, a better space, to move into living life as a team. But it's not almost – it's almost never done in a really nasty way. Some of the arguments can become nasty, et cetera, but – when I think back to that period, you know, you talking about me feeling invisible, it wasn't this harsh, like, Roger deliberately ignores me. I, some of, I'm sure that showed up for me in terms of how I felt because you do sort of question everything. But again, in hindsight, with perspective, I see that we didn't know any better, either of us. We just didn't know how to do it differently. And so we were doing the best we could but we were stuck and we didn't know how to get – we didn't even know how to label it as stuck. All, all we knew was that we loved each other and we wanted to be together, but there was no alignment in really in terms of where we wanted to go, mm. um, our goals and our dreams. Mm. And as a result, you know, we were, just, we were just going in the direction that individually we thought best and when those paths didn't cross – so sometimes I might cross, but when they didn't cross it was hard and mm. then when they – I guess, conflicted with each other, it was really hurtful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So some of the let's, – let's give people an idea of some of the thoughts that, that showed up. Uh, you know, those are the feelings we're talking about um, and I guess getting clear on what some of the thoughts are just helps you to sort of recognise what's – you know, you, once you start to bring awareness to these things, you can really start to recognise – when something's happening. Yeah, when you start feeling that, you know, um, that frustration that I'm, I'm, you know, am I invisible, you get those thoughts about being stuck with, the, you know, I'm in this loop. Is anything ever, is this ever going to change? Yeah. If I stay with this person, is this my life forever? And I think that the bigger thought that comes in, in eventually is, are they the right person for me? Yeah. Am I in the right relationship? Because the feelings are hard. They're tough feelings. And when we're constantly getting battered by the same feelings that are difficult, you you do start to question, is this the right relationship for me? But again, being stuck in a loop, it's hard to have clarity even on that question. Yeah, it's hard to also blame yourself. Like, you know, a lot of the time we look for someone do else to... Do you mean to- take responsibility? Yeah, I do. No, 100%. <laughs> what an interesting turn of phrase though. Blame <laughs> yourself versus take responsibility. I would say take responsibility. Oh, babe, you're, you're much softer on your, on on me than I am um, uh, sometimes. And then I think, you know, you know you're right. So I think maybe perhaps saying um, take responsibility or take accountability for yourself. It's a lot easier though to blame the other person and not take accountability, especially the person in front of you. And although we are are all about living the team life. We are also about personal responsibility. And I know, again, as a young guy in my 20s, um, I just wasn't at a, a stage of maturity where I took a lot of personal responsibility and, and, and more in terms of my future and how I was going to live. And as you move from that um, 
those feelings and thoughts of, you know, excitement and love when, you know, we'd been together during this period for maybe six, seven years. Mm. Um, you get towards, you know, those feelings of safety in the future and, and um, will this person support and provide for me? And I don't mean in a, in a patriarchal way, but, you know, provide that safety, security mm. and that love for me going forward. Mm. And if I'm not there, you know, being aligned with you, if I'm just looking after myself and again, not in a not, not in a way where I'm being a bastard, just in a way that I am just looking after myself, trying to achieve my goals, I can totally see why people go, well, can I really see being with them long-term in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think uh, – just adding on to some of the thoughts and and feelings that come up we can talk about i guess how this sort of looks day to day in the in the household and i think how it it sort of looked for us and how it often does look is that what we were talking about what i sort of talked about before in terms of you start with excitement in the relationship and if you don't nurture that because the chemicals that give you that sense of excitement are gone you don't feel excitement you'll be doing the same things in the loop and I think that shows up in the relationship like it did for us with a lack of excitement because you're not you're not putting focus and effort into bringing the excitement into the relationship so you will be going to the same restaurants you'll suggest the same catch up with friends everything looks and feels always familiar and we know that as humans it's important to bond through newness, through the excitement of newness, through the excitement of novelty. These are these are things that really spark bonding in the brain. Yeah, so while you might need consistency of character and support, you do need a bit of uh, novelty in terms of, you know, what we're doing going on to keep that excitement and to keep that spark. But also you need to see growth. You know, so you need to see things changing because, you you know, the people we are, you know, on year one or two of our relationship is going to be very different to the person we are on, you know, year eight, nine plus of the relationship. And so if the th- same thing's happening day to day, you're not going to see growth. And not only that, you have those thoughts, feelings and day to day um day-to-day situations where you feel you've lost a bit of agency and control you feel like you're going through the motions like you're in a kayak and the and the tide of the river the um the flow of the river is pulling you along Mm. but you're not paddling you can't control it it's too strong for you you don't have control where you can go i want to go in this direction you just feel you're just being pulled along yeah there's something really as you even as you say that i sort of get these old feelings back there's something really disabling about that and really um, unsettling about that sense of pull. And I guess, again, like something that we're really passionate about because we've learned from our own experience, how mentally healthy and well you can be when you have a clear direction. We, I don't want to sound like at all some of the people in the PD space who are very you know, like you must do this, you must set goals and do this and do that and, you know, being what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I literally loathe that saying because it has zero compassion in it. It's not about going hard only at life but we are saying that to have a really meaningful life, 
there there needs to be a purpose attached to it. There need or a purpose uncovered and and made deliberate and like you say, not be just floating through life from a mental health, mental well being. We know from experience that we are the absolute healthiest we've been when we've been in, you know, in the last eight, nine years when we've been really deliberate about our purpose in life. Yeah, and and I think, you know, just touching on that, you need purpose in life to, to grow and feel fulfilment and contentment. If you have purpose, but it's just an individual purpose, mm. there's still going to be misalignment. You're still going to get that yeah. friction we're talking about. So what you really need is a joint purpose. And I guess that's a great way to segue now into um, what are some helpful ways to get unstuck or to, um, you know, stop being stuck in your relationship. And I mean, uh, the good news story for everyone is we had those, you know, many years of being stuck and now we are unstuck and we're happier than ever. Well, before we get into the specific ways which I think are quite helpful to to sort of give people some tools that they can use. So start to build their toolkit around getting unstuck. I think at a higher level we have to say it is about making your partner and your relationship your priority because that's really a key part of this. Before you begin, there needs to be a commitment to the relationship and to the partnership as the priority. If you don't have that as the priority, you can try all of these tools that we're giving you. It's they're not going to they're not going to make a big shift because this whole podcast we're talking about now is about is your relationship feeling stuck? We're not saying are you individually feeling stuck. We're talking about the concept of the relationship. And that's what we believe in is if we focus on the relationship as it's having its own identity and being a priority for the household, for the two people involved, that is how you make real shift. That is how you live your purpose together and live an extremely meaningful and I would say connected relationship, a fulfilling relationship, which is what we are as humans wired to do. Yeah, so if you've got a a joint purpose that you've sat down together together, and you worked your way through, hey, this is where we want to go in life. This is where we want to be in the next five years, 10 years, 15 years. These are the values that are really non-negotiable between us, what we value. We value our health. We value um, being, you know, putting each other first and and we value making sure that our kids always feel safe and um, always feel like we've got their back. You know, um, they're just examples. They're great. They're great ones. But, you know, there's all of those non-negotiables that you agree together. And as a result, when you have that combined purpose, when you have that, um, you know, those those combined understanding and values, you're more, you're less likely to concentrate on the little things that Mm -hmm. when you felt you were stuck, really started to bring you down, really started to grate on you from the perspective of how you felt about the other person, but also made you feel like you weren't in control and didn't have agency of your life. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, So some of the tools that people can use, the more practical tools to try and and get started. If, if, If today 
has struck a chord with you, if you're feeling like, you know what, I do resonate with the with the concept of being stuck on a loop with having those same feelings, those same thoughts show up, the same behaviours, the same fights, all of that sort of stuff feels like it's going around and around and, and perhaps you're also feeling like I actually didn't have a name for it, I didn't have a label for it, today's given it some more meaning which yeah. is which is great one of the first ways we would suggest to to be able to start to move the relationship from stuck to unstuck would be just journaling it's a really simple one and it's a really great one to help you process your thoughts a lot of these concepts mindsets in life are, are fantastic in theory but they can also be quite overwhelming when we first hear new concepts and and in trying to integrate them with our lives and see how that where the crossover is and how we can use the mindset to perhaps improve our lives I think there's you need to provide space to process the mindset so I would strongly suggest journaling we know how powerful journaling is for processing and writing out just your reflections on what you've heard today what you've noticed in your own life that might be uh, connected to what you've heard today and and just really starting to process some of those thoughts is a really nice soft way to begin. Yeah, I mean, if you think about if you're, you know, if you're starting a journey and you've got somewhere to go, you've got to take um, – You've got to take notice of where you, you're currently at. Oh, you know, absolutely. And, and just like a business when they're setting out their, you know, strategic um, goals for the future, they've got to do a SWOT analysis to understand where they're at so they understand where they can grow and where they can go and how they're going to get there. So, you know, these are key things that we see in, in life that perhaps we don't always do and afford ourselves the time and space to do. So, yeah, journaling something that I'm – I struggle with a bit while you do quite a lot. Um, but I know from our journey together that journaling, while journaling, journaling hasn't worked for me, talking about it and having conversations with you about it really has worked. Yeah, I brought the journal to the verbal. I decided you weren't, you weren't big into the journaling. So we made a lot of space for kind of like, having a journal process together verbally. And you will actually bring your journal yes. to our conversations. <laughs> <laughs> I um, like to prompt a conversation. But the most important part of that is that you're open to it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like I wouldn't bring it if I didn't feel safe to do that. Yeah. And and I think that's another thing that shifted in our relationship. When we were younger, you didn't really enjoy me wanting to uh, unpack a lot of things or process thoughts and feelings with you and – and I think as we've gotten older and probably because I was also a feistier young person than I am today and I was pretty quick to snip at things I didn't believe or agree with and I probably didn't provide a super safe space for you to unpack things with me because we did think quite differently on a lot of things and I was pretty concrete in my head that my way was right. Yeah, and, and look, generally, um, and I am being general here, is that women are more likely to express their feelings outwards mm. while men are more likely to keep them inwards. Now, I agree that or, you know, perhaps you didn't always provide the, a safe space to, for me to enter into these conversations with you, but I also wasn't taking accountability for my role 
in the relationship or being attentive enough to your thoughts and needs. And your thoughts and needs often were, come on, you know, come be a part of my team. I want you to be a part of setting the course of where we want to go. So as I've become more confident, as I've got older um, and as I've got to know myself more, I have been more open to have these conversations. So we really do suggest that you do have these conversations because they are actually fundamental to a happy, loving and safe relationship. But if you're going to do it, there needs it needs to be done gently. You need to somehow bring your partner along on the journey. I think that's the next point, isn't it? You know, after the journaling and you've had some time to process on your own, remembering uh, that you haven't given your partner that time, it's really important to raise what you're feeling and thinking with your partner. Obviously, this is a joint team effort. That's the whole point of this. But you need to be aware that when you bring this concept to your partner, and this is something I really have to practice is I'm bringing something to Rog now, but I haven't given him any time to process it. And and Rog now will say to me, if, if he's not comfortable talking about something right in that moment, I just need some time to process it and I'll come back to you when I'm ready to have that conversation. And and to give me even more safety, you'll say something like, it will be in the next two days. Yeah, which is if, I were, <laughs> if I'm dealing with a, a manager at work uh, and they come to me and go, Roger, I really need to talk to you about this or one of my um, you know employees, and I just said, oh, I, I'm not in the headspace to talk about it now, that's very invalidating and mm. it's not going to be good going forward for the relationship. You know, if, you know, I say to them, hey, look, I can't, hold that thought I can't talk about it right now but let's pencil something in this afternoon or tomorrow morning to actually go through your thoughts um, and go and talk about this and I'll give it the time space that shows them that you you care and that you are they are worth your time which is exactly the same thing in in a relationship so I think that's a great a great tip um, is actually finding the right space and time Um, you know using words like we as opposed to you like you you need to give me this you need to do this you know you don't do this versus the team focus of can we have a chat we need to go through stuff we I think is something that you became really good at and really I guess created a more um, team focused attitude to made me go hey yeah I, I do want to be involved I, I I'm part of the we yeah yep yep so really just giving your partner that space and the partner obviously uh, responding in a in a healthy way to that and appreciating that, you know, if your partner wants to bring something to you, you need to be open to that, to that having that conversation, validating them, but you may also need a little bit of time. So how you can respond in a nice healthy way that you're both going to feel heard and seen and safe to, to pursue that conversation then or in the future if you prefer. So yeah, the second tip would be Raising it with your partner and raising it gently is the word I would use. Think about coming to your partner whenever you have an issue in a gentle manner. And sorry, you were going to say something? Uh, I just, I think, you know, um, vulnerability is a a hot topic these days. Mm. Um, There's some great um, books and podcasts out there. Um, You know, a lot of. Brene Brown's. Yeah. The and, guru. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, a lot of um, now around men's mental health, a lot of the conversation is about men being vulnerable to each other. You know, your your partner, your, your wife, girlfriend, husband, you know, that they're, they're someone you should always be safe 
feel safe to be vulnerable around. And I know that when you show me vulnerability, so you come to me and go, hey, this is how I'm feeling, but not in a, I'm feeling this way because you something you did. Hey, you know, I'm feeling this, we this you know that that sort of allowed me again the space to feel more vulnerable myself where i didn't have to just be the the big man or i didn't have to be the the funny guy who always just let things slide off his back um yeah and i think you know it was those conversations we started having a you know a decade decade ago that really um yeah, brought us closer together, started the started the process. And I think just thinking about that, we are getting a little bit down into the detail, but these are helpful tools to put in your toolkit so that you can start to move towards being unstuck in the relationship. But thinking about that conversation of how to have it nicely and in a healthy way, the other side of that is things, little pitfalls you can avoid and a, a, strong, a strong tip would be not, providing any ultimatums when you get frustrated, you know, uh, not not using condescension or sarcasm. I mean, these are classic communication skills. We are, again, getting down into the detail a little bit. But they're important if you want to change things at a bigger level, at a higher level, you actually have to communicate well. So these are good tools to put into your tool belt is to think about those, those uh, communication pitfalls like – sarcasm condescension you know the four horsemen of the apocalypse i'm talking about here so the ways that we know people can can hurt the other when they don't communicate in a respectful and healthy manner yeah so you introduced me to the four horsemen of the apocalypse um because something that i did uh, a lot was stonewall mm-hmm. um so i think the this is gottman with this is this is gottman, gottman who's the uh who's really the i guess the the guru, the global guru on um, relationships, him and his wife now, funnily enough. Yeah, there's a, there's a few of them, but he's definitely that. Like, I think he probably has the most research under his belt as well. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, he sort of said there's there's four key things where if you um if you see these four key things in a relationship, it's it's heading towards trouble, and one of them is stonewalling, and that's this is a guy thing, de- definitely a def- Of course, you can see it in women as well. But um, just like we said that a lot of women will be more likely to um, uh, air their feelings or want to talk about things out loud, a lot of men like to keep things closed in and um, stonewalling is a bit of a side effect of that, I think. So, again, I didn't always mean to stonewall. Sometimes I did. And, you know, especially if I felt I was being attacked, um, if I felt that, you know, you were talking too much and I didn't have a voice, I'd start to stonewall, mm-hmm. um, you know, which – and I'm taking up accountability for that. I'm not saying that's your fault that I stonewall because really it's completely it's completely my fault that I stonewall. I have to take accountability for that. Um, but, you know, I think, again, we, we still fall into these traps today um, but because we are aligned with our values, our goals, because we live the team life um, – we quickly move past and we quickly get over and we pick each other up as well. And then don't, and don't, you know, don't, we're not too hard on each other as a result. So if you see me stonewalling, you won't sit there and go, Roger's always stonewalling. Um, You know, this is, oh, this is a repeated pattern that I saw 10 years ago. Oh my God, it's happening again. It's more like, Hey, he's having a weak moment or a moment of weakness, I should say. Um, 
you know, he might be struggling in, in this and I'm going to, you know, I am going to give him a break. Um, you know, it did hurt me when he stonewalled me, but I'm going to talk to him about it later. And when you put it to me in that way, um, nine times out of ten, I'll, I'll apologise and say, yeah, you're right. Maybe the, the 10%, you know, sometimes. I think these are lovely examples you know, really personal examples of, of some of the um, pitfalls we have in conversations. And yeah. I guess what we're saying is it's totally normal. Yeah. Even with all the work we've done on our relationship over two decades, we, like you say, we still have these pitfalls show up. And we're just saying in terms of, you know, what you can do to start feeling unstuck, just, just these are just some of the ways to start thinking about it and start approaching it. So do some journaling, give yourself some time to process it. Pick a really good time to have a conversation with your partner. Respect what your partner needs in that moment. Give them time to process themselves and then try and avoid some of the pitfalls when you do get to that conversation that we all we all come across, we've all experienced, but you know, trying to just stay aware of some of the unhelpful communication styles that might be present. And if you just follow those three hints for starting to get unstuck, I think you'll definitely see some progress and some movement because you've already got yourself to a point where you're starting to be on the same page and actually bring awareness to where you're at in the relationship and that's like you said from the beginning you've actually got to know where you are today to be able to figure out where you want to go so that was our show for today uh kim what was your gold nugget you took out Today, for me, I think the most important thing to remember um, if, if people take one thing away from the show is just to start paying attention to what's happening in their relationship. And I mean that with all kindness and a really gentle approach to themselves and the relationship. But we're talking about starting to become aware of what's going on, looking at the relationship and just bringing some, bringing some awareness to it. Yeah, 100%. And for me, it was actually um, your point about taking stock of where you are. So doing the journal or talking to your partner about about it, if you feel comfortable doing that, or, um, you know, sitting there and actually doing a SWOT analysis, like I suggested, um, if, if that that's what you're uh, more inclined to do. You're amazing. You've just spent quality time on your relationship. Feel like you're on a roll? If you want more Living the Team Life relationship insights and conversations, head over to kimandrodge.com where you can find all the show notes as well as tons of other relationship goodies. And if you liked today's episode, please hit subscribe or let another couple know where they can find us. It'll make them happy and it'll make us really happy. Until next time, keep on living the team life.